you are listening to the Josh Trains Me podcast. So I gotta I gotta kind of start off with a funny story. So, you know, this podcast is I don't know who my audience is. There's people like all around that listen to podcasts. So I don't know who my audience is, but I thought it was hilarious that yesterday when we had this one scheduled, I like looked on your Instagram and you had just hiked like 90 miles, 43,000 feet of elevation. And I was like, yeah, no wonder, no wonder you didn't make it to that podcast. I was like, <laughs> no one has ever been on like a four day excursion. Out of uh, I've had. Yeah. My problem was I ended up with a flat tire on the way back from that. So yesterday morning was spent dealing with getting my tire taken care of and yeah. totally slipped my mind. Normally I would have this time wide open. So I'm yeah. wide open. It's definitely yeah, not, not only did we hike a long ways and cover a lot of ground, but then on the way back, got a flat tire as you're like driving down the dirt road. It was, yeah, it was a long night. So made for a long day yesterday. That's epic. Um, oh. I want to, I want to start it by asking you, um, who are you? Who am I? Uh, I am Chris Roglowski. Um, I'm just kind of an average person that likes to do a lot of not average things. It's kind of how I describe me. Great. You know, I don't know you super well, but I think from what I can see so far, I would agree with that. You're not doing a lot of average (laughs) shit. Um, (laughs) When did you, when did you get into running and kind of, why do you think you chose running? Um, Yeah, I got into running about five years ago. um, And I know exactly why I chose it. Um, I, about five years ago, um, I had just finished up a summer working out East um, doing, uh, I was working with horses and I was really, I was kind of trying to get involved with them. I'd always wanted to work with horses, um, started with barn jobs at 18 and this was at about 20. Um, I got the opportunity to move out East and, uh, work full time at this show barn. And it was like, you know, kind of like some of the top dogs in that specific sport. And I was like, this is it. Like, that's what I wanted to do. Um, I liked the physical activity. I liked the being outside part of things. Um, but I found very quickly over that summer that it was not for me, um, Mm. To make it in the horse world, you really have to have like a lot of background and a lot of money in it. And I had neither of those. Um, so yeah, at we the can, tail end of... We can relate to that. I grew up on a horse farm for a lot of my life too. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I understand that. It's it's a wild world. It's like a totally... It's a, it's a subculture, eh? If you're not in it, you have no idea what's even... What it's all about. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very... Yeah. And it takes, yeah, it takes a lot of money, takes a lot of, I guess, really connections kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, at the tail end of kind of learning that over the summer after kind of going all in, trying to, you know, make that my thing. Um, I had done a Spartan race before, just kind of like, I think I've always kind of had this spirit of like, oh, if, uh, you know, people are trying this, I'm going to try it. This looks, you know, challenging. This looks fun, whatever. So I had done about two by then, I think. Um, and at the end of that summer, I was like, out on the East coast, there's a lot all close together. There's a lot of opportunity to do them. So I was like, I'm going to do several of them here. So I did, uh, I did, I went up to Canada and did some, I did some in Vermont and I found through that. And after spending kind of like a summer out on the East coast and finding my own things to do really, um, I was like, I'm really good at this. I like the whole being outside running on trails, um, just kind of figuring things out as you go. Um, and had a little bit of success, like right there off the bat. So I was like, I, and I, so found it, found that I liked it. I enjoyed it a lot. Just yeah, you just doing it, whether I did well or not, I enjoyed being out there and doing it. And, um, and it was very accessible for me. Um, I've struggled a lot with, I didn't do sports. I didn't do anything athletic, like growing up. So I feel like I felt a lot of like, there's nothing I can really go. Like, I'm probably never going to be an elite marathon or like, all these things that are like very established and have like a specific way to get to success in these areas was just not going to be for me. But Mm. through SCR, I found like, it's very accessible. Nobody really knows what they're doing. And, um, (laughs) we're all just kind of figuring it out. Like some things work for some people that don't work for others. Um, and I kind of latched onto that, like as somebody that was very new to it, new to running, new to everything doing fairly well, I realized that I maybe have, a, you know, kind of a specific skill set that would work well in this sport. So yeah, got it. It was initially OCR and I only did it because my thought was I can like, the obstacles are fun. 
I can put up with the running in between and then I can get to the obstacles and the obstacles are the fun part. So I really started right. with OCR and then through that, um, over the, you know, kind of two or three years of finding out everything there was to know about OCR, got into the running, um, and started improving on the running side. But for the first bit, it was very much, I like the obstacles. I want to do the obstacles and I'll put up with the running, um, you know, as much as I need to, but let yeah. me do the, like, to me, that was the fun part of it. Uh, yeah. So just kind of how accessible and easy it was to get into and to learn a lot. And the, um, I guess like the room for growth, the progress was so easy to see. It's really encouraging for somebody that had never mm -hmm. do, done anything like that before. And then just to define, so you're living in Colorado right now, but you're, are you, you're from Texas. Is that right? Originally? Yeah. Um, I've lived in Texas for most of my life. I was originally from Arizona. Um, so I was okay, born in kind of like childhood in Arizona, moved to Texas when I was eight and that's where I've been for pretty much, um, I guess is yeah, pretty much 20 ish or no, yeah, 15 years. 15. Um, and I just moved to Colorado four months ago. And you're loving it and it's lots loving of mountains. It. And, um, so when you say you went out East, are you talking like, and then you talked about going to Canada and I'm from Canada. <laughs> I'm like, where were you at? And where, yeah, where's East for you? Like, where are yeah, you East about? was uh, Virginia. So I lived okay. in Northern Virginia, not far out of DC. Um, worked there. There's a lot of, I was working in eventing, uh, which is a type of horseback riding, horseback competing, oh. basically. And it's a lot more, um, there's a lot more of it out on the East Coast. So I had been working for an eventing barn in Texas through connections there, ended up out on the East Coast. Um, so yeah, I lived in Virginia. I went up and did a race. Um, North of Toronto. Was it in um, uh, Collingwood? Maybe. Remember? That actually sounds familiar. Blue Mountain. Maybe, but I, yeah. Maybe, that maybe might have not. Been it. <laughs> so it's 2017. So wherever that race was in 2017, that's where I was. It was a Spartan um, race? Yep. Spartan race. It was a trifecta weekend. Um, I got in, they were doing the sprint on Friday evening and I got in, I had to work on Friday. I got in too late to do the sprint. Hmm. Um, but I volunteered and ran the Beast and Super that weekend. Sweet. And got my first Spartan podium. Was out there at the Beast. So uh, first shot, just crushed it. That's fucking sweet. Um, yeah. There's going to be some people listening to this that don't know what OCR is. So OCR is Obstacle Course Race. Um, and yes. Spartan is, you know a lot about it, obviously, because you've been into it for a couple of years. But um, I mean, Spartan's one of the companies. There's Tough Modder. There's some other... Oh, I should mention Ian Adamson because he was technically the creator of Obstacle Course Race. So, and do you remember I, I DM'd you about that? Because he's a guy I met when I did some gnarly challenge a couple of years back. Do you remember me named yeah. Ian Adamson? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's trying to form a federation and kind of get in the Olympics, right? Yeah. He's a cool dude. Have you met him before? I've not met him. I, uh, I've emailed with him some, but that's it. You'll, you'll meet much him. About him. Yeah. Yeah. He's just this guy that's like, I don't know how old he is now. He's he's probably late fifties or somewhere around there. And basically just, I think, I think you and him are sort of similar. Like we'll get into this a bit, but um, not in age or gender, obviously, but <laughs> you're not a 50 year old man. Um, but just, I remember talking to him four years ago when we did this competition and he essentially races, like he doesn't train anymore. He just races because he doesn't essentially need to train anymore. He's like, I've been training for 40 years. I don't need to keep training. Yeah. yeah. That was interesting. Yeah. Uh, okay. So you got into running, you got into obstacle course, you started crushing it right away and you knew that you were good at the obstacles and you could put up at the running. Um, and now, or maybe for a while, you can, you kind of like fill in the blanks here. You've been doing like at least hundred mile races, um, across like pretty gnarly train and like crazy elevation. And that's only running, right? Yeah. So you're, so you're putting up with a fuckload of running. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I think I have a lot more of endure. Well, it's still, it comes back to why I started doing obstacle course racing in general. Um, I like to be outside and I like to, I guess, like see the world. So mm -hmm. I found, I started doing, I did a 50 mile, okay, a 50 miler. And with each one, it was like, well, if I can do 30 miles, I can do 50 miles. Then it turned into hundred milers and I'm kind of hooked on hundred milers now. Um, mm. And a lot of it is just because of the, you spend 20 plus hours just surviving on your own outside. 
Um, I mean, there's aid stations, you see people and whatever, but um, I just like the concept of just going for a long time, as long as it takes to get that hundred miles. Um, and I've gotten to see some really pretty countries read. I did several of my first ones were in Texas. Um, I did one out in West Texas. There's like mountains out there. So I did one out in West mm. Texas. I've done one in Idaho, up in Wyoming, then Utah. I just did Leadville last week or two weeks ago. Um, and then I've also d- gone out to Virginia, Vermont, did one in Missouri. Um, it's been a really neat way to kind of just pick a state, pick a um, yeah. random race. I'm like, all right, let's go do a hundred, a hundred miles. Let's see the country. That's such a cool way to perceive it. I eh? like to approach it, kind of pair that nicely. Yeah, I, I like it. It's worked well for me. I think um, I just did my 12th one. So 12th and I'm actually this weekend, I'll be doing my 1300 miler in just over three years. So I got hooked pretty quickly and I'm actually, I had done seven. Um, and then this year I'll be doing another seven. So this year I'll be doubling my hundred miler total. Mm, um, gnarly. <clears throat> yeah. So like, as soon as I, as soon as I met you in person, I, and then I started to realize kind of like your, your resume, I was like, is this David Goggins? <laughs> like, definitely not. Yeah. So no, but <clears throat> you're doing a lot of the same stuff, right? Not that you're following in the footsteps or anything, but like you guys are doing comparable volume, comparable frequency. And like, I think it's, I don't know. Do you follow him? You're clearly familiar I don't with him. Really, um, I read, I read most of his book. I think I take a slightly different approach. I think he is very much on the uh, thought train of like challenging yourself, doing things that are really hard, doing things that are really difficult, doing things that almost break you, which is great. Like challenging all of those things. But I feel like I kind of like to strike a little bit more of a balance between challenging things, doing things that put you out of your comfort zone. But at the same time, I find a lot more, um, I guess like satisfaction and enjoyment in not only challenging yourself, but also choosing to enjoy those things. So mm-hmm. I would say my focus is not so much on like, do things that hurt, do things that break you, do things that make you uncomfortable. Um, that's part of it, but within that balance as well is, I guess it's all, I mean, it's a little bit of a, um, like sadistic, like find the joy in that find, uh, the like, and it's there, it's there all the time. You're, uh, mentally, we are geared to want challenge. We are geared to figure out how to survive. And so I guess kind of putting those in my path and then learning to not only survive, learning to not only, um, you know, like, I guess kind of gut it out and get through these things, but learning to find the joy and the, um, satisfaction in these things. Cause I truly believe like mo like so many people are missing out on so much, um, satisfaction and enjoyment in life because they don't challenge themselves and mm. face things that make them have to find that, I guess. Yeah. So that's, I, that's a great point. Yeah. Um, what other ways in life are you, do you kind of, um, use that frame of reference? So clearly with like athleticism <clears throat> running, do you do that in any other part of life where you're, I call it leaning into discomfort, but you're not leaning into it to like grind through the pain you're leaning into it to, you know, focus on finding the joy and the, maybe the celebration or the gratitude you have for yourself. Is there anything else in life where you're using that lens? Um, I would say, and I, I try to, I definitely try to, um, in work and kind of whatever, um, I guess it's not at, I feel like in athletics, you have the choice to purposefully choose those difficult things. So it's a lot, not easier and not, it's, I don't know, kind of a, uh, it's easier, but it's also more necessary to find that joy. And I think that prepares me, it prepares, prepares people for when you face those things in your, or like in regular life, when things come up that you didn't expect, when things are harder than you wanted them to be, when you're faced with unexpected challenges, uh, those things you don't necessarily choose, but having the same response of, you know, it is what it is. Um, I, I always like to say like, or I found, I guess we have zero control over anything, literally anything we think we have control over. We don't even like, I mean, running all the things that I do. Um, but especially in life when there's other people involved, um, the only thing you have control over is your response to things. So I feel that like I do that a lot in running, like, 
it is what it is. My body's either going to perform or it's not, but like my, the thing that I have control over is my response to it. And that definitely carries over to anything else. You know, people disappoint you, um, unexpected challenges come up and you can't control any of that. So you can't really be upset or mad about any of it. You can't be upset with yourself. You can't be upset with others, but the only thing you can control is your response to that. And, um, I think you can always find a positive, um, something to learn, something to, uh, you know, some kind of a positive reaction to those things to where like things that happen to us in life should not take us out mentally, physically, anything like that. Um, they should be, you know, things that we face and learn to handle and work through and then come out the better on the other side is kind of, yeah. So I feel like it's, almost easier. It's very intentional in running in the things that I choose to do, but that makes everything else in life uh, a little bit easier to take on and to respond to. Amazing. When, when do you think you first applied that principle of, you know, I don't have control. I just have to weather, weather it and find enjoyment in it. Um, I don't know. I, uh, I would have a hard time pinpointing when I actually like an actual moment in that. Um, but I think I actually found that in at the same time that I was getting into things athletically, I was involved in a um, pretty negative relationship. And I think it was a little bit of a combo of really leaning into the athletic of like, I can make myself hurt and I can choose to be fine with it. Um, it helped me learn that a lot through this very negative experience of dealing with a person that made things very difficult and challenging. And, um, I think that, I mean, that was something where I really had to grow and learn to let that go and just control Mm -hmm. my own response. So a little bit of a, I don't know that I, um, it wasn't really a single moment, but now looking back, I mm-hmm. see a lot of that traces to uh, that negative personal life experience of just seeing how much a negative attitude and a negative response can affect somebody and affect those around them and realizing like, that's not for me. And I was so very affected by that. I really had to kind of reframe and reshape and learn how to, um, yeah, learn how to uh, just, you know, take responsibility for what I can take responsibility for and kind of let everything else go. Let her go. Yeah. Um, how, <clears throat> I mean, you seem to know, you probably know a few people that do this kind of racing and this frequency and that it's not even close to average. Like most people don't even have an exercise routine that's consistent. Right. So yeah. this kind of stuff's not average. Um, what's your environment like in terms of like the people that you associate with, you know, your friends, family, coworkers, whatever, training partners, <clears throat> if you sort of like summarize all those people together, all the people that you have relationships with, how would you describe what the overall environment is like? <clears throat> um, I would describe it as people that are, I like to, and I enjoy, and I try to have people around me that are not just concerned with a physical progress and physical achievement and pushing themselves physically, but more importantly, the mental side of things. Um, I, I, where I was living in Texas for the past four years, I was surrounded by a lot of people that it was through a gym environment, but the focus was not just on physical achievements and getting better, you know, fitter, stronger. Um, it was very much a, um, a focus on improving basically the whole person. Uh, you are not you with that. Like you're not just your physical achievements. Uh, it's very much related to or intertwined with your mental state. So that's what, uh, that kind of set the tone a lot of people that are, I guess, very um, concerned and focused with improvement as a whole person. Uh, You can't, you can, you can improve one without the other, but only for so long. And to be surrounded by people that are not just physically um, pushing themselves, but also mentally growing and learning, uh, mentally, spiritually. Um, yeah, that, that has been, it was very much what I found myself in four years ago at this gym that I was a part of and started to, or I came to really value that, um, 
and I found since then I found you know people all over that follow uh you know in those in that uh kind of in that um worldview that frame of reference sure. um so yeah that's the biggest thing is I think it's really important to be physically fit and to physically be your best self but if you're not taking care of yourself mentally and spiritually then it's kind of pointless it's right. very pointless eventually um so yeah that's uh I guess people just focused on growth of your whole self your whole body right your whole self yeah but it's, it sounds like you're not a lone wolf like you think of like the people you associate with and not probably most people you talk to don't think you're crazy for doing stuff. They probably mm-hmm. are on a similar page or like you have people that are like, totally get it. Totally know what Chris is up to. I get it. Or are most people like you're nuts? I'm still pretty crazy. Yeah. But I think, um, I think I'm very blessed with a body that's able to do a lot more than some others. Um, so totally. that's definitely like, I'm just, I'm, always or not always that I'm mostly pretty crazy to uh even all my friends but within that like I I feel sometimes like I'm I'm definitely doing my own thing nobody else is doing what I'm doing but at the same time I like the fundamentals of what I'm doing of physically and mentally pushing myself and challenging myself mm-hmm. definitely surrounded by all kinds of people are doing that so even though it may be on a slightly different like I'm just on a different wavelengths sometimes um i still have a lot of people that i can relate to where they are doing things that are very challenging very hard um and there's it's it's a common thread like yeah um i like the phrase like everybody's heart is different so just like you know stopping the comparison game don't compare yourself to what other people are doing um to kind of see where you should be at but it's for Mm. you personally like whatever is hard for you that should like that, that defines what you should be doing. That's difficult. So my heart is going to be different than other people's, but, um, yeah, definitely surrounded by a lot of people that are doing hard things and leaning into that challenge. Do you think, do you think you'd be in a different place? Meaning like, do you think you would be doing less challenging stuff or like less frequent racing or not pushing yourself as hard or whatever, if you had less people around you, like how important are those types of people for you or are you like kind of disattached from that type of support or community? Yeah. Um, I think people are very important. Um, you can't like life is kind of meaningless without people as a part of it. Um, I definitely would not have the mindset that I have if it weren't for the people that I've been surrounded by for the past four years. Um, to get to this point. I feel like now sometimes I'm kind of at the point where like, regardless of what anybody else is doing, I will still be doing whatever I'm doing, but it definitely has taken a lot of growth and being surrounded by a lot of really good people to get to this point. Um, yeah. Couldn't do it without the people that have been in my life. Right. So, uh, you're, you're a coach, right? At the gym that you're talking about. Um, I was, yeah, I'm left there four months ago. So I have, I'm not coaching anymore, but yeah, I was coaching classes there and uh doing a lot of uh work for them okay so what do you kind of what are you doing now what's work look like for you um i'm a nanny so i raise two kids i spend my day raising kids that's amazing and i love it yeah taking them for hikes and yeah sweet so do you do you do anything online coaching wise or do you see yourself you know long term or even even short term getting back into a coaching role not really. Um, no. I think I'm a better athlete than I am a coach. Uh, I do, I would say my achievements, what I do is driven by a lot more like heart and passion than like knowledge and education. So I just don't feel like I'm in a place to really like help other people. The only thing I would probably no. consider, possibly consider coaching or having some kind of something is more on the mindset side of things. Um, that's something I'm really passionate and really like care a lot about. Um, do not have the education or the interest in coaching people, um, as far as like running plans or whatever. Um, I did at, at grit when I was working there, I did like group fitness classes. Um, and I really liked that, um, is kettlebell work and a lot of just like very, um, I guess like hands-on in person, like, um, yeah, I enjoy that a lot, but it was also, I mean, it was pre-programmed. I was just kind of, you know, just, uh, just kind of presenting, translating what was already programmed. So yeah. I don't have the programming brain. <laughs> yeah. Programming can be hard too. I can totally admit that. 
It's not my favorite yeah. part of coaching. Um, okay. So the thing about endurance is, you know, like it can, like you could just keep choosing longer races. Like there are longer races, right? Like the ones I know of are like Moab, Death Valley, the Berkeley. There's probably thousands of other ones too. Why, like, are you capping at a hundred miles or I know that you had one booked a 200 mile booked right at one point. Yeah. So you like um, this hundred mile, this like 20 to 24 hour range. I've never done that long or I've done that long in a different setting, but like, what's next for you? Like, what do you, you're going to keep pushing? What are you going to do? Um, I would like to get better at hundred milers. I feel like that's kind of a good cap on like, what is, what you can physically excel at. Um, I feel like once you get over 150, 200, it's just a lot of guts and it depends so much more on just circumstances. Like things can go wrong and you're screwed. But like, I feel like a hundred miles, things can go wrong. Things can get messed up, but you can still always physically do a hundred miles. Um, so I really like the hundred miles. Um, I started doing them just as a, like, I want to do it. And now I would really like to get better at them. So I will be continuing to, this year has been a really good year of seeing, I've seen a lot of improvement in that. And I would like to continue getting better at them. My goal is to do a hundred hundreds in my lifetime. So I've got a lot to knock out still. Mm -hmm. Um, I would like to do a 200 just kind of to challenge, like, I, I think it's a lot closer to the impossible, the thing where it's just your like bodies aren't physically made to do that ever. Um, so yeah, Tahoe 200 is, on the books at some point, um, I was in for this year and I'm looking to bump it to next year now. So maybe I'll be doing Tahoe 200 then. Um, the Barkley marathons is one I'm sort of interested in. I've done the Barkley fall classic, which is a golden ticket race for it. And if you win that one, you automatically get it. So I got second there the last time I did it and I would like to return. And the only way I would do the Barkley marathons is if I like qualified, like got a golden ticket. I don't right. know anything about the application process. And I'm not that interested because again, to me, it's not so much a physical challenge. Like it's kind of a, it's like a niche, like it's like a, uh, I mean, it's really pushing the limits of what's actually possible. Um, so it's a good challenge, but it's one of those, it's not like you can actually prepare for it and knock it on and do it. It kind of depends on the weather. It depends on the course, like all those things. Um, but it's something that interests me in yeah. like in the future. Um, yeah, so I would say, I mean, I, I like to do the long challenges, but I like to have something that is set, something that's achievable, something that I can go and do and not just like this whole, you know, kind of like, you know, you can spend up to five days out there doing the 200 miler and that kind of thing where it's a little less defined. I like a defined right. established challenge. So what a, what a great time to insert your line of everybody's heart is different, like different or diff different. Yeah. Cause you're talking about like, you're talking about like it, usually 20 to 24 hours is kind of, is that really where, where you seem to be sitting with a hundred miles commonly? Uh, yeah, that's pretty much where yeah. I've gotten to now in the, um, yeah, almost all the ones or the ones I've done this summer have all been close to 20 sub 24. Um, I think I did a 23, then a 22. And then this one I just said, was just over 24. Um, yeah. So I'm finally getting to a point where I cannot do them in one day. <laughs> So how, how do you perceive getting better at those? Like what, what do you, what do you do to get better at a hundred mile race? Um, well, my attitude helps a lot. I have changed or I've like with everyone, I get a little bit better at kind of reframing the pain, the discomfort, the miles, the time. Um, mm. that's been huge for me. Um, on the more physical side of things, I found going out a little bit slower and kind of saving more for the second half has been good. Um, it's, I mean, a hundred miles, is kind of hard to pace yourself for that. So <laughs> I always think like, I used to be more of like, well, if I feel good, I'm going to run good. Like, so I would run faster in the beginning and then you just physically tire out. And if you're, you're like feeling good is there, you can't like, you kind of have a, uh, you only have so much of that feeling really great for them as a general rule. So I try to go out a little more conservatively, um, always go with like zero expectations. Um, and that help if I'd start more back of the pack, it helps me have less expectations. And then as I continue through like this one that I just did, um, it was at mile 50 that I was able to kind of catch that second wind and 
really moved up in the field and felt great the entire rest of the race from that kind of holding back. And, um, and it's, it's kind of, I think it's kind of funny talking about like, Oh, hold back for the first 50 miles and then push for the second 50. Like just a whole different thing, but it's taken me a little while to figure out like, you know what you really can't. Cause I've heard that plenty, but it's taken me a while to really see, find out what that looks like for me of sitting back a little bit, letting your body warm up, let everything take its time. And then, being ready to go at the last last bit instead of going as well as you can and then just hanging on for the finish which is more of what i used to do right sort of hanging on for dear life to see if you can get there i know in my own experience with endurance it seems like the longer the things are for me the a little bit like the more wiggle room there is right could you just have more time on your side do you find that um do you find that you perform as well doing shorter term stuff? Like let's call it like the high rocks is like an hour, hour and a half kind of like, do you find your in terms of a mindset or in terms of like an application sense, do you find that mentally you do better, not comparing to other people like your own mental, do you do better in short or like longer? I keep hitting the fucking mic. <laughs> um, I think I prefer the shorter um, just because there's a lot of, I think part of what keeps me mentally like feeling good is thinking about like, well, this will all be over eventually. So mm. I'll do that on 24 hour race or, you know, a lot of times the time cap is like 30 hours. So, you know, I'm moving, looking at the time and it, you know, 10 hours, I kind of tell myself like, okay, well, it's no more than 20 hours. Like it's no more than that. Like, so I feel like I definitely, um, frame things somewhat in the, you know, the how long it will take so I really enjoy the shorter stuff where even if I'm not feeling it I may not be up for it thinking like this is only 30 minutes or high rocks like this is one hour and it's done so to me that really because I do frame things in in a in reference to time quite a bit and with 100 miles you just sit into it you know it'll be a long time you know it'll be a lot of hours and it kind of it's a little more mentally freeing because you just have a lot of time to just think and just be out there. Um, but I think it's probably equally or maybe a little more mentally freeing to realize like, okay, this will be one hour and it's done. <laughs> no, mm. done for the day, whatever. So yeah. it's a slightly different, but still kind of the same of like, you can hurt for, you know, they say, you know, you can do anything for however long, like you can hurt for an hour, you can hurt for 25 hours. Um, but I would say I kind of use the same approach. Yeah. Just with a different time domain. Yeah. And obviously the intensity changes as you're like, okay, closer to one hour, you can probably crank it up pretty high. Right. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Uh, I think one thing you said I really like is, um, you know, having a time domain and being able to be like, you know what? Okay. After 20 hours, like it's over 24 hours, it's over. Or in the shorter case, you know, it's only going to go longer than an hour. I think one thing I really like about athletics for common folks, so people that aren't doing, you know, extreme stuff, because you're doing extreme running. Um, I don't think you're crazy. I just think it's extreme and that's great. But I think one thing that's really helpful for general pop is getting themselves in some experiences, maybe athletically, where they can see that, you know what, it is just a time domain like this will this will end. And then comparing that to things in life that they've already achieved, like raising kids, maybe they've survived like some wild illnesses. Um, Maybe they went through a divorce. Maybe they went through like bankruptcy, like these kind of common issues that a lot of people face. Um, But I find a lot of people don't reflect on like how difficult that was to get through it and how transferable that type of mindset could be if they applied it to other things in their life. Cause most people are going through really hard shit all the time. Mm-hmm. And then they put, you know, athletic people up on pedestals and like, maybe like rightfully so, I don't know. I think it all is a unique thing, but I think that people can exactly like what you're saying, like your heart, everyone's heart is different. And like, don't compare yourself to other people. Right. It's a thief of joy for me to compare myself to you. I'm like, I'm a shit runner. Like, fuck. You know, I'm not a great runner, but anyway, I know I can work on that. But for people to dig a little bit more personally in their life, find those hard challenges that they've been able to overcome and then use those tools for other things. I don't think that people are doing that enough. Mm-hmm. I agree. So I think. Um, 
yeah, people go through difficult things all the time and survive and come out better for it. And I think um, being, I guess, reflective and seeing the bigger perspective of the fact that we're all going through hard things and we're all fighting pretty hard a lot of days. Um, yeah, it uh, it's really encouraging, I think, to look back and see or to, you know, even in the midst of it to see to kind of see things for what they are um, and to be able to recognize that and consciously um, be aware of the difficult things that we're able to um, overcome. So what do you think the hardest thing you've done is in your life? Hardest thing I've done. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I feel like to me, the physical things are the easy ones. Um, because we choose them. So even, I mean, even just this past weekend was probably one of the hardest physical things I've ever done, mm-hmm. but realizing like, well, I got to choose this and I'm able to do this. Like, uh, so I tell myself that a lot with the physical things. Um, I would say, um, I don't know if I could pinpoint a single thing, but I am very, very grateful for the, um, I guess all the experiences that I've had and the people that I've had in my life that have gotten to me to where I am mentally. Um, I feel like I have learned so much and I have um, really come a long ways mentally um, to where I I think I I like the perspective that I have on things and I'm really grateful to um, have been able to get to this point because I definitely have not always been here. Um, and I would not be here if it weren't for the people and the influences that I've had around me. So, um, I guess that's, that's kind of what I would say is, uh, what's been most difficult is through the physical, the mental, the, you know, personal challenging things to be able to, um, I guess kind of see the bigger perspective and to, come out on top and become a stronger person for it. Um, yeah, I, that was, that's what I would say is, um, it's been, it, it's the most difficult, but it's the most satisfying thing that I've found in life. Um, I do a lot of hundred milers and they're pretty difficult and pretty satisfying, but I feel like that's just a small part of the bigger picture of just becoming a more, um, a more, I guess, confident um and strong person Hmm. you know i've never spoken to anyone that um is biting off 100 miles and is like you know i'm just going to try to get better at this like i think that that's really cool it's unique to me because most people that i associate with are power lifters or like strongman competitors or doing like you know like more modest common distances like half marathons or marathons yeah and i think it's neat that you've sort of i don't know found this distance this kind of pain cave joy cave maybe <laughs> maybe you <laughs> saw it where you can actually get better at something that's that long that's it's like it's truly like it's a little bit difficult for me to even comprehend because i have the longest i've ever ran okay so i messaged you this this is a little speed round here. I'm going to give you a test. So I, I messaged you and I said, how well do you think you do in a, in a shipping container for 24 hours? Or what did I say? Running in the dark for 24 hours? Yeah. Okay. So do you know about this event? I have heard, I think Isaiah Vidal did it once. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I've heard so, of that. So that was at Lake Tahoe. So my friend and I created that because we wanted a challenge. Really? And yeah. So we... Me, so this guy I used to train with was a was an Ironman competitor. Okay. And so like different kind of level there too, right? Having people like swim over you in open water, like just mm-hmm. a, kind of an, another level. But him and I created this challenge. Long story short, we wanted to see, he was a pretty good runner. I was a like a super average runner, truly. And uh, still not an exceptional runner. Like I'm not great. But uh, we created this challenge where we wanted to see how far we could go in a sensory deprived state mm-hmm. so the blacked out shipping container and have you um have you run on uh true form runners or like the non-motorized treadmills a handful of times yeah what do you think of those do you like them 
yeah, I like them more than treadmills. Yeah. Um, but I don't really run on any of those very often. Cause you're outside enough. Yeah. yeah. So we were on, we were on those and we removed the screen from, so the whole interface was removed and rewired. We had a whole team of people doing stuff. But uh-huh. essentially the, it was to raise money for wounded warriors. So people that were going through some, you know, intense mental health issues and we were raising money and sort of putting ourselves in, you know, a, a similar state of mind, being isolated, being alone, not knowing what time it was. We weren't allowed to watch or music or anything like that. So they just shut the door on us in different containers. And then your goal was just to clock as many perceived kilometers as you could. And, um, as I was there, as I showed up last minute with Joe DeSena and hopped in. So that was pretty wild. He had no preparation for that, like an hour. Yeah. We were also with a Marine of 21 years that did it. He was on our like mental, mental coaching committee, like kind of gearing us up for this strange challenge, much like the things that you do that are unique. You don't really know. There's no like one game, pl- like playbook for it. Everyone's yeah. a little different, handle things different. Like we had no idea how to do that. Um, so where was I going with this? Anyway, the goal was to run as many kilometers or miles as you could in, in 24 hours. And then as soon as it was done, they opened the door and then you knew that the 24 hours was up, but you didn't know. So pacing was like totally out of the question. You had to be completely intuitive based on how hard you think you're going and how far you think you've gone and what time it is. And it was a, it was a real mind fuck, but it was a really cool experience. Um, Ian Adamson on that, I asked him, how well do you think you would have done that? He's like, I think I could have done a hundred miles on that. Yeah. And my answer was no thanks. Yeah. (laughs) Which is cool. Like everyone's different. That's what I like about this. Like, yeah, I was curious because I knew that you're a great runner and you probably could do amazing on something like that if you wanted to. But I mean, that's why there's so many different challenges, right? Yeah. Yeah. Have you heard of a guy named Marshall Ulrich? Nope. Can't say that I have. So this guy's like mid fifties or probably mid sixties. He, he wrote a book called uh, running on empty. Have you ever heard of it? Maybe that sounds slightly familiar. Okay. So I'm drawn to the extreme stuff. This guy did bad water qualified for it. Did great. And you know, of that race, obviously, would you ever do that race? Do you think? I would consider it eventually. I wouldn't say it's like a bucket list, like gotta do it, but I would, I'm open to pretty much anything. Yeah. So he did it. Um, he did it with his own provisions, pulling a wagon. So no crew. And you wow. know how hot that gets. You probably know it better than me because I've never been there. Have you been there before? I have not, but I had a friend that was there this year and she was talking about it. So how fucking hot it was or what? Yeah. And how I think they use the crew like every two miles. Yeah. Um, it's a very crew based race. Yeah. One of the ways to qualify is to crew there, crew slash pace. Oh, really? Uh, I believe so. Or you get a better chance in the lottery, maybe mm. something like that. So I could imagine how important a crew would be to like the extreme heat and all that. So this guy, this is the extreme stuff. There's a book on it. He ended up mm-hmm. doing that race. Like if, if the starting line is a, and the finish is B, he went a to B, B to a, a to B, B to a, it was like 540 miles. And he did that without a crew and pulling all his own provisions apparently. So, wow. It's like super gnarly. That's why I'm like, I'm talking to you about this cause you're, you're doing a lot of this gnarly stuff. And I'm like, I'm reading about these fucking people that are like, I don't, I like, I'm trying to find like where all the extreme, like where are people pushing out? It's like, clearly you can keep going longer. You can, you know, black out, you can remove your like sensory, you can remove your senses. You can create extreme amounts of heat. There's people doing shit in like Antarctica. (laughs) It's super gnarly. And I, it kind of comes back to, I, it's really unique that you found this like super high echelon and are sort of like trying to perfect that a little bit, maybe not perfect, but improve on that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Uh, There's definitely a lot of opportunity for all kinds of crazy stuff. Totally. It's insane what people are up to. Do you, do you get inspired from anyone specifically? Um, you can say yourself for the answer if you want to, I think that's important. I think, uh, 
I don't, I don't know so much. I would say everybody's different. So I wouldn't say that there's anybody that I'm like, Oh, that's the kind of stuff. Like that's what I want to do. Except I guess kind of like, well, I just want to do whatever I can do. Um, I would say Courtney DeWalter. She's one of like the top female ultra runners right now. I really, really appreciate her, what she shares some on her mindset. And basically she sees each race as like going into the pain cave and she goes into it, like planning to enjoy it. And she's somebody that just seems to really like it hurts and it's clear that it hurts, but she has such a positive attitude about it. That's definitely very inspiring to me. Um, I think we're, we still take a pretty different approach, but I like her general um, approach of finding joy, finding enjoyment in the hurt, in the suffering. Um, and she's just on another level. The things that she's achieved um, is just really neat. So mm. I like her. I, I find her very inspiring. Cool. Um, I want to ask you maybe one more thing. And it's what are some of the things that go through your head when you're when you're running those long distances? Maybe this would be entertaining. I'm sure there's some funny shit too. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I do a lot of, I mean, it's, yeah, it's definitely a lot of time to do a lot of thinking. Um, one thing that I'm constantly doing that I don't even necessarily like, but it's just what's happening a lot in my brain. Um, I think kind of to not think a whole lot is I count steps, um, kind of obsessively. Like I am counting my steps very often. Um, just kind of to like keep my brain going, I guess, and to, you're kind of in tune with your body, but it also kind of tunes you out to like, it's just, it's just numbers. It's not like, Oh, that hurts or that feels uncomfortable or whatever. It's just kind of like this road thing. So I do that a lot. Um, that's probably, I don't know many people that do that, but I find I do that all the time. Just kind of, kind of a, it's kind of a weird, um, combination of zoning in on like very yeah. much in tune with your body, but at the same time, totally zoning out to where, like I'm just moving. Um, I think, uh, I think it's really neat a lot of times to kind of think about like, I'll, I'll catch myself thinking things about like, Oh, this is, you know, enjoyable. This is fun or this hurts. And I think I do a lot of like comparison almost of like where I was five years ago, 10 years ago. And like, I never could have imagined myself doing this 10 years ago, maybe like five years ago, I aspired to be this person. So I think it's really neat to kind of see, kind of like in the bigger perspective, like it's kind of a combination of like childhood me would be so proud of me, mm. but also totally shocked. And just kind of the realization, like this is me now. And um, I think it's really cool that I get to experience this, that I get to do this and like how far I've come. Um, I'll think about that quite a bit. And then, yeah, I like to just kind of think about how I'm feeling. I feel like about halfway through the race, I have kind of in my head, like, an idea of what the race is to me. Um, and so I, I'll kind of have, I don't know, spend, I guess a couple miles thinking about like either, you know, this is a really good race or this one's a really a struggle. <laughs> like I've never right. heard this bad or I've never had this much fun. Um, yeah. And then I do a lot of on, you know, all these hundred milers, there's a lot of people to talk to. So I like to, you know, run with somebody, walk with somebody for a while and kind of like, learn what their stories are, uh, learn about mm. other people and talk about, you know, different experiences we've had. Um, yeah. So that, that kind of sums it up a lot of just like really introspective. Um, yeah. Thinking about where I've come from, where I'm going and the experience I'm in. And then good combination of that, talking to other people and just zoning out, <laughs> just oh. moving. Sounds like you're a good coach for yourself, right? That sounds like a goal setting session, a reflection session, some meditation, kind of all much. probably cycled through a hundred times, maybe. Yeah. It's a nice little therapy session. I saw a hundred therapy session. Totally. I could yeah. see why I could see why that sort of getting yourself that time, why that serves you. Yeah. Seems I love it. Active. I think it's really neat too, because when I come off of a hundred miler, um, the the level i mean it's it really is like a mental physical emotional high to be to like put yourself in such a low spot and then finish and like come out you know having completed what you can to do um and i find like that whole week after i kind of ride that high of like it's just an unreal feeling and i don't really get it any other way it's kind of a drug in a way um 
but it's a, kind of a good drug. So I'm not too <laughs> mad about it. And do you get that same sense of like joy and high from shorter races? Like if you went and did a 50 mile, no, maybe 50 mile, not shorter. Like I definitely don't get that from Spartan races. Spartan races. Like to me, I, I don't know if it's just too short. Like I have a blast running Spartan races. I have a great time that weekend meeting new people and talking to people, but it's a, it's, it's honestly, it's more exhausting than, um, running the ultras. The ultras like give hmm. me that time to, I guess, kind of mentally, physically sort through everything. And I come back from hundred milers with like a whole different, like energy. I just feel, yeah, it's a very, uh, like, I guess almost, a. it's a very exhausting, but also healing experience. Mm. that's in my experience it is maybe not for everybody yeah yeah that's okay this is this is all you i'm super curious about you so what about um do you think part of the reason that you find it more exhausting to do those shorter races like do you deem yourself like an introvert or are you kind of introvert i would say i would say i'm definitely more introverted i think introvert and extrovert are two very small ways to categorize people but if i had to categorize between i don't put a lot of stock in that but i definitely definitely uh recharge energized by being by myself and more than that i mean being outdoors being in the you know away from people i guess yeah. <laughs> away from that many people uh yeah. yeah for sure yeah that's that makes total sense it sounds like you're sounds like what you're doing checks off a lot of boxes for you and that's um yeah i'm like I think that that's great that you've been able to find that, you know, knowing you for just like a super short time, but I feel like that's what a lot of people are trying to get after. I know that's something that I'm always looking to achieve is like, what can I do that brings me more joy and more kind of categories or fills me up in more ways. So I think that's awesome that that's one of the things you do for that. Yeah. Yeah. I've definitely found whatever that is, that whatever kind of summarizes that, like I've, found it that's definitely what 100 milers are for me fuck it count it um thanks for thanks for being on here i really appreciate yeah. your time and like super cool to get to know you a little bit more and share some of the things that make you tick with other people yeah i loved it